Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey, everyone. Don't forget to buy our crap from our all-new, all-spiffy online store. And for a very, 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 very limited time, we're now carrying Tiny Trump mugs. That's coffee mugs featuring Tiny Trump screaming in a cigar box. Just like that. That's $13 for a small mug, $16.95 for the mega-sized Tiny Trump mug. Go to bobseska.com and click the Buy Our Crap link under the logo at the top of the page, or just bookmark bobseska.com slash store and go shopping until you're dropping. Thank you in advance, and now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away. Who are you? I'm his mother, that's who. Capital. It is Thursday, January 23, 2020, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 1099 of the Trump crisis, day 124 of the impeachment of Donald Trump, 285 days until the 2020 presidential election, and they're both back, both of the goth ninjas. What, what, wait, what was that noise? Well, that was some weird was shit. That wasn't, oh, you're doing the Trump grunt. The I Trump just, just a roar, dude. I'm feeling see. it today. It is uh, T-Rex David Ferguson from the T-Rex Report podcast, patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. Also, Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast. 
That's from dash the dash bunker.com, also at sexyliberal.com, along with all of the other sexy liberal podcast network shows. Uh, there's going to be a sexy liberal, uh, what is it, sure. what are they calling it, impeachment tour? Is that, that yep. what's happening? Okay, great. Yep. And uh, I assume you're participating in L.A., Jody. Um, I've offered myself to every city. <laughs> that, that's great. So you're willing to fly on mm-hmm. tour with the entire tour. See, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere except Washington, <laughs> D.C., which is within driving distance of here, so... I don't know why that made me picture you jumping into a volcano, Jody. <laughs> <laughs> I can't a wait. Long it's, white billowy thing, you know. Yeah, it was about uh, like three seconds before I did my Wednesday appearance on the Stephanie Miller show. I get a text from Stephanie to say, "Hey, do you want to do the sexy liberal panel and open the show on April 11th in Washington D.C.?" I said. Of course I do. Why would I not sure. want to do that? I would be honored yeah. to do that. That'd be great. But of course, I'm expecting to be bumped from the panel as soon as like Adam Schiff signs on or Nancy right. Pelosi or one of the regulars that appear in the DC sexy liberal shows. So I, I'm not counting on being on the panel. Even no, though I, I see, would. I said Here's to what them. you should do. You should put me on that panel. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because I, it would be a great excuse to come visit my dad in DC. Um, and then I will get bumped. Okay. I'm less important. <laughs> well, why don't you so just. I'm like your decoy. You like can just consider yourself pre bumped. Pre bumped. Yeah, yeah, just consider right. yourself bumped. You're Matt Damon on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, King. that's right. Always fucking Matt Damon. Always yes. gets bumped. No, but yeah. Yeah. no, what I offered Chris was I said, if you guys are hard up in any cities for panel, I'll, I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, please, you can take my place. Washington, <laughs> D.C. That'll be great. You can bump me and, and pre bump T Rex, who hasn't, hasn't been invited, right. but who is also bumped. Hey, you know, <laughs> we figured it out. I've think- been kicked out of better parties than this. Um, <laughs> See, we're <laughs> always thinking, always the brain trust always here in the show. Are they coming oh, to yeah. Atlanta? <laughs> What's that coming Is there to an Atlanta? Atlanta gate? I have no, I have I no idea. Know. Maybe I know Wisconsin is in there. Wisconsin Certainly, is- L.A. is in there. Yeah, Chicago. Chicago. I think. Yeah, um, all sounds. You know, good. I make a. Before I even get set up on the show, like I put all my devices away and turn them off so there's no unexpected sounds. Yeah. You know, and I, so I also so I just don't get like distracted when I go to look something up on Twitter, and then I'm like, "Ooh, those boots are cool. I wonder if they're on sale." You know, and then, <laughs> shopping, sure, right? And then like Jody and you know and Bob are like, uh, "Where did T Rex go?" Yeah, um, so I can't yes. actually look right now and see if there is a gig coming up see, or a, a sexy liberal stop in Atlanta. Right. Well, I want to go to the Chicago one. You know why I want to go yeah, to the Chicago one? Fun. Because I I want to go and see if Jill Weinbanks Weinbank, is at the yes. Chicago one. I want to be in person with oh, Jill. Oh, I love her. When Joe yeah. Weinbanks pronounces Bill Barr. That's Barr. that's but Bill Barr riding in his car. <laughs> then my husband, he loves her. He Traveling loves her so to much. Mars. Wants Myers. to see whatever pin she's wearing. <laughs> yeah, yes. of course, of course. That's one of her things. So I got to get your reactions to everything that's been going on in the uh, impeachment trial so far. We'll start with Jody. Jody, are you not immensely proud? of the Democrats, uh, specifically Adam oh Schiff and the other managers and the way they have comported themselves. That's the thing that continues to blow me away uh, yeah. is just the sheer professionalism, the sheer reliance upon creating arguments, having evidence that is actual, they're actual things. I mean, they're actually saying things unlike uh, Ciccolini. I say, look at Ciccolini. He sits there alone. Chicolini. A <laughs> object. Yes, Ciccolini from Duck Soup. I'd like the chicken Ciccolini, please, with the 
The fettuccine, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and a side um, of Ciccolini. Yeah. Ciccolini is the one with the the terrible, terrible signature. Yeah. They wrote that ridiculous letter to Nancy Pelosi. Did he, which letter did he sign? I don't know. But there I was know something that, with his scrawl across the bottom, and I was like, is he eight? I think he, <laughs> I think at one point I saw him correct Chief Justice John Roberts about the pronunciation of his last name. I think that happened once. And we actually have a little bit of it here. I say, look at Ciccolini. He's yes, so alone. <laughs> a pitiable object. Yeah, see, that was a bad, bad mispronunciation. So, I'm sorry, Jody. Go ahead. What, what have you been uh, seeing so far in all of this? Well, I, I agree with you completely on, yeah. on how the Democrats have been presenting the evidence thus far and getting witness testimony in right, right. by video. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of their way of going, all right, you don't want to have them in here. We're going to yeah. play what they've already testified to instead of just reading it into the record or, you mm-hmm. know, stipulating or whatever. So I think that was really smart because you're actually seeing people and you can assess their credibility by watching. Yeah. Um, what I did notice the first night when they were doing the rules and then since then, Fox News has it up, but the, there's no audio. Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's not shocking at all. They don't want there to like, be any audio, right? No, they're, they're just, just talking like mystery about mystery science theatering. It? Yeah, oh, they are. They oh are. It's it's the it's the most bizarre. I was so angry on Tuesday night. I was like, wait, what are they doing? Because I was going back and forth, and MSNBC was basically just using C-SPAN's feed, and and no commentary or anything. They were just airing it, no commercials, nothing. And then Fox, I would turn it over, like Ingram or whatever. Whoever has that awful voice. Um, yeah, she was voice, on. I'm telling you, Laura Ingram, a voice, a face for radio, and a voice for mime. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, sure. And so she she's on talking to people, and they have it. It's the visual is there, but you can't hear it. And you know, I was watching uh, Rachel last night, and Chuck Schumer had his own observation about uh, looking at the Republicans during some mm-hmm. of the uh, opening arguments and so on when Adam Schiff was talking and and uh, what have you. Uh, He was noting on Rachel last night that sometimes the Republicans were actually paying attention, were actually leaning in and listening to what Adam Schiff had to say. And he said mainly that's because most of what they've been hearing all this time about the impeachment has been filtered through Fox News Channel. They haven't been hearing the actual evidence being Mm. presented. They haven't been paying attention to the hearings and so on. So now that when Adam Schiff is Presenting all of that information, the, the video clips, as you were saying, Jody, from the, the testimony that we saw on the House side, right. uh, all of that, the Republicans are going, huh, <laughs> I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't know, why didn't I know that? The other thing I noticed about Chuck Schumer, and this is, has nothing to do with the impeachment, when Chuck Schumer makes a hand gesture, he doesn't just gesture, he looks at his own hand gestures. Have you ever noticed Does that? he really? Yes. <laughs> Like when he's Never doing, like, yeah, like he's like doing the hand gesture where he kind of slice the air a little bit. When he does that, he looks down at his hands as he's doing. That. <laughs> this is something That's so funny. funny, just something weird and quirky I noticed about Chuck Schumer. Now you won't be able to unsee that every time. Exactly. Now I'm going to watch for it. (laughs) Right. Thanks, Bob. Every time he's on TV, (laughs) that's going to happen. So what do you think, David? I know you you were tweeting earlier that you have uh, a ton of, not tweeting, but on Facebook, you said you have a a lot to say today. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, it's funny. And then I went and ran 5K on the treadmill, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Like, I don't care now. (laughs) Exactly. I just got it out of my system, uh, just pounding on the way. But keep your eye on Hakeem Jeffries. I mean, his testimony was amazing. And uh, I really like, and um, oh God, what is her name? The police Zoe chief Lofgren? from uh, no, the police. That's she's a judge, right? Val B. Demings. Val Demings. That's who there I'm talking about. 
She had apparently a riveting testimony this morning that people were still were talking about, like, at the grocery store when I was there. But I live in a college town, so, you know, it's... it's so you actually overheard people talking about the impeachment of the grocery store? Wow, yes. that's that's impressive. I want to kind of live where you live. I mean, I live in Washington, yeah. D.C., and no one's talking about the impeachment of the grocery <laughs> store. No one's talking about the impeachment, period. But, I mean, they should You know, be. it's funny. People are like always like, why do you live in Georgia? And I'm like, well, I live in a special part of Georgia. <laughs> yes, you're in <laughs> the of very, a sp- very special Patton part Oswald of Georgia. Oswald said yeah. that the streets there here are paved with pa and leprechauns bring you coffee in the morning. <laughs> he's, like, if he's like, if you live in Athens, Georgia, you have to get out before you become a fully functioning adult or you will be stuck here for the rest of your life yeah sort of like northern california so that's yeah you have you the ladies at the lady at the grocery store were talking about how awesome her testimony was and how clear and how she cuts through the bs yeah that's great and and and, you know with adam schiff i don't think we've ever seen adam schiff present such a forceful argument before usually he you know i kind of think of adam schiff um and this is by far not an insult this is uh certainly a compliment adam schiff has been Always a very collected, very centered guy, where he's right. not too. But excitable. kind of an algebra teacher. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, a little bit he's of that. competent yeah. in yeah. almost a, an almost button, you know, belt and suspenders kind of way. Right, right. But in his testimony before the Senate. It was like a whole new Adam Schiff for me. I was like, oh, this, I would vote for this guy for president. Right. Well, right. he was a DA. He was a DA in Los Angeles for a while before he yeah. became a congressman. Oh. So well, that makes sense. He is a prosecutor, and he's a criminal prosecutor on top of it all, so he does know how to do an opening argument. And I at least hope the people who are watching this are seeing the difference between, say, Adam Schiff and Cipollone. I say, look at Cicolini. He sits there alone. <laughs> a pitiable object. Uh, certainly, Jay Sekulow is, is just a mess. Uh, you know, it's just the entire argument in defense of Trump is basically, nuh-uh. I mean, that's, that's Jay Sekulow is like if if sweat if flop sweat was a person, it would look like Jay Sekulow. <laughs> <laughs> that greasy, dark, overdyed old man hair. Like I just, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Trump in Davos was mm-hmm. an absolute mess. I think he's back now, but a good chunk of this week he was out in Davos in Switzerland for that economic forum uh, where all the rich people go. Yeah, all the rich people go there and jerk each other off or whatever it is they do. And it's just been a disaster from beginning to end for Donald Trump. Thank God the, for him that the impeachment trial is going on so people aren't necessarily paying attention to all the stupid, stupid, stupid things that he's been saying. I mean, the first thing he did while at Davos at a news conference, he suggested he'd prefer his impeachment trial go the long way with testimony from, quote unquote, a lot of people, (laughs) including John Bolton, including Mike Pompeo, including Rick Perry, including Mick Mulvaney. But then naturally, Trump dismissed the idea. He just completely reversed himself as if he never said the thing that he just said right before that. He said it could, That's like when he said he couldn't wait to talk to Mueller. Well, he said it could create a national security problem, which is completely b- bogus uh, excuse to make up. And ultimately, what we're talking about here is material that's all been made public already. So even the aspects that would had previously been considered a national security concern... That's all out there. I mean, there is testimony saying, you know, John Bolton said X and Y, and Mike Pompeo said these things, and Mick Mulvaney, I mean, for God's sake, Mick Mulvaney said most of what he would testify to in public during a press conference. So it's not like they're going to get up there and go, 
well, here's where we've got the nukes hidden, and over there is where we've got the black right. sites. And previously unthought of aspect of this from a dark corner of our souls that we rarely visit. <laughs> yeah, but that's right. So I've got a question. Just another excuse. Have you guys been hearing about this? I was reading a thing this morning about Mueller. Yeah. And people who known Mueller for his, like most of his working life. Oh yeah. Are saying that something happened to him during, during the investigation. It. Yeah. And they won't. And the, like the article I was reading, I couldn't tell if they were dancing around the idea of a Russian-style poisoning or if they oh. were just saying that he was under so much pressure that it broke him. Well, yeah, I saw the same article. In fact, we talked about it on Tuesday with Buzz. In that, I mean, we all thought Mueller did ultimately okay. I mean, I was watching and I said, right. well, you know what? This guy isn't a thousand percent like we expected. He's not this 12-foot-tall uh, testimonial right. warrior who's going to get up there and just destroy Trump and the Republicans. But he wasn't terrible, Based on some of the reports after the fact from people who knew Mueller and who are friends with Mueller, they seem to be saying that, yeah, as you said, David, in this piece, they were talking about how uh, during the actual process of the Mueller investigation, however long it was, two years, uh, he, something happened to him where he was not as mentally sharp as he uh, should have been. And again, I don't know but what also, that could I be. But also, I mean, I was trying to figure out if it was like they were trying to insinuate that it was like, um, right? What was the guy's name who got poisoned? Who was running for president of Ukraine? Oh I yeah, uh, right uh, Yushchenko. Was Yushchenko? it Yushchenko? Yeah, yeah. The one who yeah, got I think that. So, yeah. yeah, terrible. His awful def- thing with his face. Yeah. yeah. Or was it that yeah. they like threatened Mueller's family or something? And the fear, because I mean, having really intense stress. And fear over time really erodes people's cognitive function. I mean, oh, you can sure. see it with the president. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's, it's rattling him to pieces right, right in front of our very eyes. So, um, well, I mean, you had that's what that- I'm trying to figure out is what they were. I mean, I, I was like, I'm, I'm having trouble figuring out what this article is insinuating. Yeah, what is it ta- trying to tell me behind the between the lines? <clears throat> Is, are they saying that he was poisoned or are they saying that the stress broke him? Yeah, I, that's a really good question. I don't know that there was a follow-up to that in the article itself. I mean, we can only assume. I mean, we've witnessed it, I think, with some people that we know that uh, Donald Trump's very existence is is creating all kinds of psychological damage, post-traumatic Absolutely. stress, all the rest of it. I mean, in some cases, it drove... I think ultimately, and this is, I'm not saying Trump killed Chez, but I'm saying in an indirect sense, the existence of Donald Trump drove Chez to drink more than he was before and to start dabbling in opioids again. And that uh, may have ultimately led to uh, his death. And so, you know, stranger things have happened in the era of Donald Trump, given the completely erratic, unpredictable, and, and, and totally unprecedented behavior that we've been observing for all of this time. Well, I mean, and the whole Lindsey Graham 180. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you there's know, another like one. Like one golf game with Donald Trump, and all of a sudden he just can't stop singing his praises. And yeah. It's like, what did they talk about on that golf course? Right. Well, there's always the possibility, <laughs> and I don't know if this is necessarily the case with Robert Mueller. But certainly there have been lots of cases where Donald Trump has been privy to compromising information that he may have casually mm-hmm. revealed to someone who he needs on his side. And so he's using that information. And certainly that information could have come from uh, Vladimir Putin and uh, a wide variety of other sources. I mean, we just talked about also on Tuesday about how r- the Russian military intelligence, uh, the GRU, hacked into Burisma. So mm-hmm. I'm expecting any day now. It's like I can see the anvil dangling over our collective heads any day now. 
the some of the information that was hacked from Burisma is going to start dropping. So, I mean, who knows mm-hmm. what kind of information Donald Trump has on people like Lindsey Graham, uh, Mitch McConnell. I mean, obviously, Moscow Mitch has some things to hide. But also, I mean, did he get something on Robert Mueller? And, and what was that? I can't imagine Robert Mueller would ever leave himself susceptible to compromising information. Seems like Robert Mueller was the kind of guy who uh, led a, a, a life that was completely on the level and, and wouldn't do anything. But, I mean, stranger things have happened. So who knows? Right. Who knows what created that turnaround? And, uh, I mean, were we all just that mistaken in terms of Robert Mueller's motives and his, his attitude and his process? I, I don't know. You know I don't know if we were all that Everybody's got wrong. something or someone that they love above all other things. Yeah. That if somebody threatened mm-hmm. that person or thing or creature or, you know, that you would just fall apart. Yeah. Thinking yeah. that someone could harm them, you know. Um, right. And I don't think that our particular, our current uh, – Regime is above that those kind of techniques at all. Yeah, well, that's a really good. Someone point. who's very smart that I also know today was talking to me about um, the Saudis and Kushner. They yeah. were saying that they're hearing that his phone was tapped and uh, uh, hacked into ages ago by the Saudis, uh-huh. uh, like that first trip there. Yeah, yeah. All of his, and the, that's actually how they had the leverage to force Trump to kill so- uh, Soleimani. Yeah. Um, oh. Mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah I didn't compromise well, on Jared on Jared's phone that and it gave them a lever against the administration because nobody wanted. I mean, the only, the only people who really, 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 really wanted Suleimani dead, like as much as like Ben Shapiro claims he did, uh, is the Saudis. Yeah, and right. you know what? We're it's going to take a long time <clears throat> before we understand the full scope of how damaging Trump has been to national security. I mean, we're getting some indications now while he's president. I mean, certainly asking for Ukraine's help to cheat in the fucking election is a gigantic breach in national security. Certainly his fealty to Vladimir Putin is a gigantic breach of national security. But how badly have... Donald Trump's cell phones been hacked. How yep. badly have people been, uh, I'm talking about uh, foreign intelligence agencies, how badly have they been listening into Donald Trump's private conversations, creating even more compromise day by day? I mean, Donald Trump is continuing to engage in this Ukraine plot, even while he's on trial for doing that. I'm sure that in the process of maybe even knowing that his phone calls are being listened to, Donald Trump is still making all kinds of unsecured phone calls, uh, things that should be under the umbrella of national security. But he's doing this on his publicly hackable, publicly tappable uh, cell phones. And so he doesn't care. He thinks that because he's president, he automatically has the prerogative to declassify all of that stuff. Donald Trump declassifies everything he touches. (laughs) I love that Tony yeah. Atamanic joke. If he finds something classy, he has to declassify it. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but in a serious sense, that's the attitude that he's presenting. I don't care what the information is. If it's going to help me politically and personally to reveal that information publicly, well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Oh, hey, uh, Lavrov and Kislyak, come on into the Oval Office. I'm going to tell you all about how our uh, intelligence community is operating in Israel. How about that information? I'm allowed to give that away for free anytime I want, as long as it uh, you know has some sort of positive impact for me personally. And so that's you guys how, know that's who Rick Perlstein is, right? Uh, who? What? 
Rick Perlstein. Rick Perlstein, historian. yes. He wrote the book about Reagan and the book about Nixon. And mm-hmm. um, yep. he was, I was reading him earlier today on Facebook. He was talking about Nazi Germany in a, a, a paper that was presented at a conference he was at recently talking about how the desire of the Nazis to like cover up and keep hidden every, they knew that like if the Germany lost the war, that all the things they did were going to come to light. And Mm -hmm. so they became increasingly frenzied and hysterical to keep winning, to try to win at all costs Yeah, because they knew that like they had passed a point of no return. Um, and so I don't know if you, if you follow Rick or if you, you know, he may have posted similar stuff on Twitter, but it was very insightful, but it was also very much like, it reminds me that, you know, this is the time when abused spouses get killed. Yeah. Try mm-hmm. to leave. Well, you know, yeah. like, and I feel like very much that America right now is a battered wife in the hands yeah. of Donald Trump, you know? Well, we Go have ahead. exactly, what is it now, 10 months uh, as mm-hmm. of the beginning of February to be about 10 months that we have as a window in order to turn this goddamn thing around. And if that doesn't happen... That I mean, November 3rd, if it goes badly, will be the point of no return because Donald Trump mm-hmm. in a second term, Donald Trump in a yeah. second term after being acquitted by the Senate is yeah. a an immensely dangerous Donald Trump. I mean, far mm-hmm. more than we've witnessed so far in the last three years. I talked about this on John Fuglesang's show the other day, uh, wrote a piece about it for the banter. So those of you who have been following along, this is nothing new to you. But uh, just repeating for everyone who's listening for the first time, if you remember back to the Barr memo, the way Bill Barr completely flummoxed the rollout of the Mueller report, speaking of Robert Mueller, I think that provided for Donald Trump a sense of safety. I mean, Bill Barr is Donald Trump's safe space. Donald Trump uh, believes that as long as Bill Barr is in place, he can't be prosecuted. He can do whatever he wants as far as uh, concern over the Justice Department goes. And, And then with that memo, the way it blunted the Mueller report, Donald Trump feels uh, or felt emboldened because of that. Now, fast forward, uh, maybe a month or two later, when suddenly the Ukraine plot emerges as a real thing. And so maybe the Ukraine plot was a consequence of Donald Trump feeling like he was protected from prosecution, like no one can touch him now. No, he so- talked about Mueller and on the phone with... <laughs> Like with your Zelensky, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, just like he actually said, like you know, this Mueller investigation wasn't able to do anything to me, so I need you to like mm-hmm. do this before I'm going to give you any javelin missiles. Sure, but now imagine Donald Trump after being acquitted by the Senate in this uh, Ukraine cheating scandal scandal here, and now, <laughs> I mean, with a second term. Well, no, we yeah, would just, I mean, would, I would just be like packing up stuff and walking to Canada at that point. Well, I mean, even yeah. in the remainder, <laughs> even in the remainder of this year. Let's imagine that say the Republicans acquit Donald Trump at the end of February. Just uh, that as a random date. Um, what will Donald Trump do from March through November that will allow him to further cheat in the election? I mean, he's going to mm-hmm. certainly continue with the Ukraine thing, trying to muscle some sort of investigation out of that. And even as the impeachment's going on, as I said before, Russia hacked Burisma, so that information's mm-hmm. going to be flooding into the Trump campaign, certainly into AM Talk Radio and Fox News Channel and Breitbart and all the other sources, whatever the new WikiLeaks is. Um, but what is Donald Trump going to hatch as a consequence of feeling emboldened after that? Because there's not going to be another impeachment this year. There's certainly not going to be a prosecution of Donald Trump. So at least up until 
January 20th, 2021, let's say he loses, there's a lot of space in there for Donald Trump to get away with a lot of awfulness. And I don't mean to get super pessimistic with all of this, and I apologize for scaring the piss out of any of you, but that's a very, very real possibility. So I don't think the Republicans who are, the Republican Party certainly went from being a long-term trajectory kind of party where they planned for right. the long run but now it's all about just simply planning for the next election and I don't think the they, next news cycle yeah right like, yeah exactly I don't think they realize that by their short-term thinking the kind of monster they're unleashing and I know Donald Trump's been a monster he's been a monster all along he was a monster before he ever decided to run for president but imagine then as he accumulates more and more power and less and less accountability, what kind of monster he will become as a consequence of that. It's terrifying to think about it. And it's terrifying to know that 53 uh, members of the Senate are going to provide him with that kind of cover. It's shocking to think in those terms, isn't it? I really, I want to look at those people. I want to get them face to face and just be like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? Yeah. Are you really, do you really care that little for the values that you put your hand on the Bible to swear and uphold? Right. That our country is a sovereign nation, indivisible, you know, and that we look out for each other and that we're not divided against ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's the unitary executive theory. It's this theory yep. that was popularized by Dick Cheney and the neocons mm -hmm. during the Bush administration. And this theory is what they're a building uh, around Donald Trump, where I think Donald Trump is, uh, a part, George W. Bush and Dick Cheney aside, Donald Trump will be the first president to really go all in with the unitary executive theory. Yeah. When he talks about how Article 2 gives him unlimited Ugh. power, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about, well, the president supersedes every other part of the government. I mean, nope. so this, this comes down to really the idea that if if Donald Trump actually is convicted by the Senate, he's not going to leave office because... Oh, no, we're going to go... I will go get his ass. <laughs> should be, Jen. Same, same. Jody and I will be, like, in our black ninja outfits coming down Dude, I have the ninja the outfit. I have nunchucks. Yeah. I will go get his fucking ass out of that fucking house. You know what? That's the way it ought to be. I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's Thelma and Lewis, baby. Yeah. yeah. In, in a serious sense, that's what we ought to be doing right now. I mean, the, the American people We should be, be marching in the streets. Yeah, surrounding mm -hmm. the White and House. And I keep seeing headlines. Why aren't we marching in the streets? I'm like, well, which streets is part of the problem? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because it's a big country. It's well, not like we can all just walk down to the city of London and yeah. stand around Big Ben and yell. Like it's. I mean, I'm I mean, not an activist, but it's clear to me what needs to be done, and that is that the White House needs to be surrounded. Every time Donald Trump leaves... Oh, or enters the White House, there has to be, at least by car, if not by uh, Marine One, mm -hmm. he needs to see just throngs and throngs of people who are occupying those grounds around the White House. And, and that's... Channing, whose house? Our house. <laughs> whose house? <laughs> Our, Our house. house. Exactly. exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so uh, as I've been saying for most of this month so far, we're all making New Year's resolutions. I've come up with... Uh, a whole list of them because I have I have lots of problem areas that need addressed. Uh, but in, in, in case you can't think of a good one, here's a suggestion. Uh, you know all those social media photos where people post a picture of you that you didn't authorize and you go, yeah, take that down, please. 
Well, here's a solution for you. Resolve to look good in all of your social media photos by wiping out those fine lines, wrinkles, and baggy eyes with Plexiderm. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags in just a matter of minutes. When I took the test, all I had to do was apply this powerful serum to my problem areas. See, more problem areas. And within about 10 minutes, I was a new me. Simply put, I was blown away by the results. Ring in 2020 with confidence, knowing Plexiderm is going to give you smoother, younger-looking skin in just a matter of minutes. And the best part is, it goes on clear, so nobody's going to know that you're using it unless you tell them. And honesty is the best policy. Uh, Bye-bye, bags and wrinkles. Say hello to a new you. Go to triplexiderm.com. Use my code SEXYLIBERAL. Get half off, 50% off, plus an extra $10 off. That's right, 50% off, plus an extra $10 off. This offer is available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning the code SEXYLIBERAL or just going to triplexiderm.com. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today. Use the code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com, code SEXYLIBERAL. Thank you. 2020 a new year. It's the perfect opportunity to take your business to the next level by hiring the right people. But finding qualified candidates can be challenging. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin makes it easy. ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes and finds people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlighting the top candidates so you never miss a great match. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-G-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The Bob Seska Show. Live your life. Do as you like. Hold the world to rights. Said you could kill broad daylight. And keep all you can steal for the rest of your life. Yeah, this is uh, State to State, another song from State to State. This like is that. the... Wow, who is that singer? He is amazing. He's great. Really, really I'm good. Just, I'm totally like swooning yeah, over he's here. He's fantastic. Yeah, the song is called We Are Reckless from State to State. Link in the description. Thank you for supporting all of our indie bands here on the show. We've got another indie music countdown coming up. Uh, probably Feb 2 is when the next uh, indie music countdown will be coming up. It'll be quite a while since we did the last one, since we skipped December due to our... Uh, a repeat. Yeah, I can't December. hear the singing, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Love this. Hey, they're playing here. Wow. They're playing, you know, they're playing San Diego on February 3rd. Oh, you should right. see them before I have to go out and kill him. 
<laughs> I'm feeling a little threatened, actually. <laughs> so hey, he's got one of those voices. Like I was listening to this band. There's this band called um, Kings of Leon. I don't know if they're mm-hmm. big outside oh, yeah, the yeah. southeast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every time I hear them, I'm like. You, f- you think, God, this guy's got a great voice. But I feel like I, sh- I have to be thinking that, like, you should be thinking. Like, you hear his voice and, like, you should be thinking he's got a great voice, you know? And it's like, <laughs> does that make any sense? Like, His I name know. is Shay, and Shay. Um, they're from Los Angeles. Yeah, but that guy, go. his mm-hmm. voice is just beautiful. And yeah, not, yeah like, he's got a great voice. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, Shay Stratton, the lead singer, mm-hmm. uh, Andrew Orvis, Patrick Morgan on bass, and Noah Lifshe on drums. Mm-hmm. I hope I pronounced Noah Lifshe's last name correctly. Uh, yeah, they're but really yeah, good. yeah, really great. It's one of those bands where I like pitching myself. I can't believe they actually contacted me and asked me to play <laughs> their music. It would be one of those bands where I would actually seek them out. And go, please, oh please, let me play your music I'm on see my if show. I can interview them. Yeah, it's going to be my gig now. I'm going to be like the interview vulture. Like <laughs> if they play, play somebody if, I like, yeah. I'm be like, they, I'm going to go. Go yeah. ahead. If they play locally and early enough one night, um, I'll go see them and then go, hey, I heard you on Bob Seska's show. Oh, yeah. And speaking of that, uh, I got the opportunity once again to speak to my friend Donna Halper yesterday on the interview show, on our Wednesday interview show. And uh, Donna Halper, for those of you who don't know, Donna Halper discovered Rush and introduced mm-hmm. Rush to America way back in 1974. She was the music mm-hmm. director at WMMS and uh, received this album and said, oh my God, this is great music. I love this song, Working Man. I'm going to start playing this. Is anyone else playing this in the United States? No? Okay, well, I'm going to be the first. And then she went on to uh, help to uh, get them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, help to get their Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame star, all the rest of it. And uh, we, of course, talked about Neil Peart throughout uh, an hour of yesterday. Course. That was... Yeah. Uh, Gotta ju- tell you, I mean, everybody, like, every band dreams of a fan like that, of someone yeah. who believes in your music so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That they go all the way to the wall. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you know, God bless her. Yeah. What a wonderful person. Impeccable taste in music, that's for sure. <laughs> so <laughs> make sure we- I want you to observe that I am gonna be like not saying anything mean about Rush for the next year or so. Just oh, an that's, observation of your grief. That's very um, kind of I'm you. I'm wearing Thank a black you. armband as we speak. Oh, uh, that's so um, appreciated. It goes right over my mouth like a gag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, Rush isn't for everybody, but, you know, those of us nerds. Uh, we, but I understand it's very important to you guys. So, yeah, you know. extremely. I can't describe right. how important Rush music has been to me. Uh, just the soundtrack for my life and the, the kind of mm-hmm. things that they talk about in their songs, the style of the music, the way they are personally in terms of their work ethic and just being uh, funny, interesting guys who run that band, their consistency over the years. These are all things that I just so deeply relate to. And uh, I'm so so profoundly sad at the loss of Neil Peart, uh, especially glioblastoma, my God, something that has taken so many uh, extraordinary people from us over the last several years. Gord Downey from The Tragically Hip, Ted Kennedy, uh, John McCain. It's it's a terrible thing. But just think about all of the musicians that they have inspired. Yeah. You know, like his legacy is going to live on in Mm -hmm. a million drummers. Yeah. You know, um, well, and songwriters and too. A million the singers are going to be going. Oh God, you don't need that many toms, do you? Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's you know. Okay. Well, you know, it's funny because I uh, your vision. I was, uh, <laughs> and I, th- I, I'm so appreciative of that. Thank you, sincerely. I had lent a couple of my Neil Peart books because he was such a wonderfully gifted travel log author, and mm. uh, I lent a couple of my Neil Peart books to people who never gave them back to me, and so I went to buy them again. 
especially Masked Rider, which is the very first book that I purchased. And, and that was the book that inspired me to start bike riding, which inspired me to quit smoking. But I went to buy that book. They're now being sold on Amazon for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars per copy. Yeah. And they're giving away the Audible uh, versions of the books for free. You can go listen to his books on Amazon. But the actual hard copy books... <laughs> They're like super duper collector's items now. So I'm trying to get my hands on a copy of Mast Rider and a copy of, uh, I actually was able to buy a copy of Traveling Music. So that's on the way too. But anyway, so speaking of singers too, Jody, did you have a run in with uh, a very famous <laughs> and funny singer? I did. It yesterday came uh, Hollywood music, my- please. Someone, anyone? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. There we go. There we go. So Jody I'm, knows everyone in Hollywood. <laughs> no, I didn't know him. Um, I ha- I now know him, and he's following me, and I've gotten over two thousand new followers because of him. Oh my um, god! Yeah, wow. in a day. Holy yeah. shit! Nice. Um, nice. So Randy Rainbow, who is a genius, yes, posted a photograph of his cat watching my mother in putting it together, singing the song, putting it together from the 90s. And he wrote, let me be precise on what he wrote because, you know, I gotta do that. Uh, Uh, Scroll down, Hamilton. (laughs) Um, uh, Wait, I sent it to my mother. That was part of the thing. Um, He wrote, my cat watching Carol Burnett is the best thing today. Oh, that's so cool. So somebody tweeted it to me, and so I wrote, my my mom being watched by Randy Rainbow's cat is the best thing today. Uh-huh. And then people started thinking that was cute. And then I literally just tweeted at him and I said, look, so my mother is Carol Burnett. I sent her a screenshot of your awesome cat watching her singing, putting it together. I think it was that exact song. And she wrote back and I quote, I love Randy Rainbow. Have a grand day and I love you too. And so then he, God bless him. He's such mm-hmm. a sweetheart. <laughs> he, um, he seems, I mean, he doesn't seem like the kind of person who would be a raging asshole, you know? No, no, no. He seems like a guy who would be a real sweetheart. Yeah. He tweeted back at me and he goes, I can't even handle this right now. And please tell your mother I love her way more. Heart, 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 crying face. Oh, so, and then, so he, yeah. and then he started following me and it was just, and then I saw mom last night at dinner and I showed her that and he goes, she's like, I just adore him. What are you talking about? He's a genius. How do you know him? And I'm like, I don't, mom. I just tweeted at him. <laughs> God, you know, I can't. So, believe, I can't believe your mom hasn't been on Grace and Frankie yet. It seems like that would be like the perfect forum for her to pop up and do yeah. like a, a walk on. I think. Or like I that. think they're still hoping Dolly Parton will show up first. <laughs> um, That'd be great too. I would take either one of those. I'm telling you, um, I would pay good money to sit in that seat and watch either one of those. Well, yeah, you know, it's no funny. I, I was thinking about your mom yesterday, uh, Jody, because uh, and not specifically because of the Randy Rainbow thing, which I also saw on Twitter, but when I heard about Terry Jones dying. I was was thinking about, my God, Terry Jones uh, from Monty Python, of course, is one of the giants when it comes to sketch comedy. And I was trying to think in terms of what my sketch comedy Mount Rushmore would be. And it would certainly be, your mom would absolutely be on there. Terry Jones would absolutely Mm -hmm. be in there. And uh, to fill out the other two. Gilda Radner. Well, I went with Lauren Michaels uh, just as mm. a, a mm. broader umbrella kind of representative of uh, Saturday Night Live and Ernie Kovacs. I think those mm-hmm. four, Terry Jones, Carol Burnett, Lauren Michaels, Ernie Kovacs would have to be 
the iconic sketch comedy performers of our time. And yeah, I don't know. Oh, if I, would, I would argue Derwood Kirby, Imogene Cook. I can go real old school. Oh, yeah. There. Well, I mean. <laughs> Sid Caesar. I mean. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Red a Skelton. Yeah, David Ruth Cross. Cassie. David Cross, Bob Odenkirk. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. All those Pick guys. Pick any kid in a hall. Pick yeah. a kid oh, in a yeah. hall. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 1,000%. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Which, of course, that would also be under the umbrella of Lauren Michaels, uh, Kids in the Hall. Right. Um, and oh. any SCTV, I mean, we could go on and on. Uh, Tina Fey, Kate McKinnon. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's just, I can just start naming. We just got to get them all together and do a show. Oh, my God. That would be so great. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> Holy shit. It'd be very expensive, but it'd be funny. Um, okay, so Donald Trump. We were talking about uh, Donald Trump at Davos um, uh, earlier in the show. <laughs> Uh, boy, it nice was, segue. this would qualify to a certain degree as comedy. It's painful, painful comedy. If it wasn't comedy. so terrifying. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure the other world leaders are like, oh, it's cute how your leader comes out and acts like he matters. But like, I mean, he does have the nuclear codes and right. way more power than it's good for him to know about. And I, you know, I was thinking in terms of uh, tiny Trump too, because everyone loves mm-hmm. tiny Trump. And, uh, so tiny Trump was in Davos and he, uh, among other things <laughs> said that, uh, he doesn't lie. He said with, with he had to bring his own pellets for him <laughs> because he doesn't like the taste <laughs> of the right. foreign pellets. I had to jam the yeah. cigar box into a FedEx container and send it over there. <laughs> Put a little some breathing holes in the top so he could at least breathe. But I think he was uh, asphyxiated just a little bit. There you go. As, as a consequence of being in there, so as a result, he uh, among other things, he announced that. Uh, with me, there's no lying. Now, with me, there's no lying. There's no nothing. They have nothing. They don't even have a crime. They say there's the only one that's ever been impeached, and he didn't commit a crime. I didn't commit a crime. What? <laughs> with him, there's no what? lie, which in and of itself is, is a lie. It's a lie. How meta of Didn't of they, like, Trump. burn up a robot on Star Trek with that one? Yeah. Like, I am lying. I always lie. I'm lying right now. That's right. It creates a feedback loop of confusion and hypocrisy that destroys uh, machinery. Uh, he yeah, also said, yeah. yeah, he was confused by a question about entitlements. A reporter mm-hmm. during a one-on-one interview asked him about whether or not he was going to address entitlements in his second term. You remember famously George W. Bush, when George W. Bush was reelected in 2005. He's, he he, said, we have some political capital now. Yeah. Let me just go ahead and try to privatize Social Security and get slaughtered for it. He got yeah. slaughtered for it, right. <laughs> and so I think that was the direction of this particular question about entitlements. Naturally, though. Oh, but, you know, can we just get at that with some weird shit? Just... <laughs> Well, oh, was that was that some weird shit? Well, that was some weird yeah. shit. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you got slaughtered for it. Yeah, right, right. Well, that was some weird shit. Okay. Um, so he was asked about entitlements, and unlike George W. Bush, mm-hmm. Donald Trump had no fucking clue what he was talking nope. about. I mean, he didn't know anything. He thought, I think, and you can be the judge on this, I think he thought he was being asked about welfare or unemployment or something because not only does he not understand the question but then he ends up talking about employment and unemployment and confusing himself mm-hmm. in the process with the entire <laughs> answer. So here's uh, Donald Trump talking about entitlements in Davos. One last question. Entitlements ever be on your plane? Uh, at some point, they will be. We have tremendous growth. We're going to have tremendous growth this next year. It'll be toward the end of the year. The growth is going to be incredible. And at the right time, we will take a look at that. You know, that's actually the easiest of all things, if you look. 
we also have uh, assets that we never had. I mean, we never had growth like this. We never had a consumer that was taken in through different means over $10,000 a family. We never had the kind of... uh, the kind of things that we have. Look, our country is the hottest in the world. We have the hottest economy in the world. Hottest? Uh, yeah, you can you can hear the steam coming out of his ears. You hear, listen carefully. Oh you can hear the I pss- see um, Will Ferrell in the you know going. America so hot right now, you know. <laughs> well, here's uh, yeah. now he's going to get into uh, something about Zoolander. That's the movie. Oh sorry. right, right. Well, now he's going to get into employment versus unemployment. And he just completely flummoxes himself with it. We have the best unemployment numbers we've ever had. African-American, Asian-American, uh, Hispanics <laughs> are doing so incredibly. Best they've ever done. Uh, oh, my black, God. Best they've ever done. Black. Oh, Afri- my God. Black. 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 <laughs> Even though he already said African-American unemployment, and now he's just black. Oh, oh my God. Jesus. <laughs> There's more. In American, the numbers are incredible. The poverty numbers, the unemployment, and the employment. There's, there is a difference, actually. But the unemployment... <laughs> what? You know, did, did you know that there's a difference between employment and unemployment? I had no Shut idea, up. Bob. I know. The things that you, you learn. You would think, I mean, if they're putting the un there, it does usually make things 180 degrees, but... Yeah, just, yeah. That, take, that one hit me out of nowhere. Yeah. Wow. This is Donald Trump trying to improvise and just getting completely scrambled. Like, oh shit, now I'm down this road. Unemployment versus employment. How do I characterize this? Am I going to say unemployment is down, but employment is up? <laughs> but he messes it all up. He reverses everything. Employment numbers for African Americans are the best we've ever had. You know, we just uh, came up with a chart and it was a very important number to me african-american youth has the highest by far unemployment the best unemployment numbers that they've ever had and the best employment numbers right now we have almost 160 million people working in the united states and we've never even been close to that yeah big round of applause for the brain did you guys ever watch strangers with candy yes yes do you remember the scene where she was asked to read aloud in class I think so. I think I remember Right, that. and she yeah. looks at the page, and it's just this incomprehensible swirl of, you know, mashed up symbols and lines and circles, and she's like, yeah. so there was this bear, and there was a rabbit, and they decided to go to a party at the hedgehog's house. You know? Yeah. Oh, my like, God. That's well, totally what I've... Yeah. Well, so he must have uh, been really impacted by the brain worms on the march, because then he went and tried to deliver a teleprompter speech, and oh, it no. turned into an absolute train wreck. I mean, we used to wheel out clips like this of Dan Badandi back in the day. You know, the Alex, <laughs> the, the Alex Jones minion Dan Badandi. Mm-hmm. And he used to get uh, flummoxed by the things he was reading on a page and just getting completely confused <laughs> by the words on the page. Donald, Here's Donald Trump talking about Notre Dame and oh, just no. losing whatever spadoinkle he had left. In France, another century-long project continues to hold such a grip on our hearts and our souls that even 800 years after its construction, when the cathedral of Notre Dame was engulfed in flames last year, such a sad sight to watch, unbelievable sight, Especially for those of us that considered it one of the great, great monuments and representing so many different things. The whole world grieved through her sanctuary, now stands scorched and charred. Okay, right there. He said through 
her sanctuary. He said through, it probably Instead was though. though on the teleprompter. Right. Well, probably, yeah. this, this That's like. That's off a cascade. Yeah. <laughs> imagine if Donald Trump's riding by on a bicycle and you stick a, like a branch into the spokes of the bicycle and he flips over the handlebars and is rolling down the rest of the hill. That's what the rest of this speech is all about. Hard to believe. When you got used to it, to look at it now, hard to believe. But we know that Notre Dame will be restored, will be restored magnificently. The great bells will one. Yeah, he had some. uh, It's like like watching a squirrel run out in front of a car and decide to run back and then decide, no, I need to make it <laughs> yeah. to the other side and just in the middle of all that. just uh, Oh, I know, I know. But here's the thing. Uh, um, he did a sit-down with the president of Iraqi Kurdistan. He did a one-on-one kind of summit situation, you know, where they sit in the chairs next to each other and Donald Trump can't, you know, he's got the, the dick tent going on. He sits mm-hmm. the same way every time in one of these things and uh, is constantly reaching over to shake the other guy's hand, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he's talking to the president of Iraqi Kurdistan, I don't, have the, I, I don't have the audio for this, but you don't really need it. The whole point is that Donald Trump thought that this guy was the leader of the Syrian right. Kurds and not the president of Iraqi Kurdistan, and just went on and on talking about safe zones in Syria and Turkey and how we were getting the oil, and it had nothing to do with Iraq. (laughs) And this guy, at one point, Trump starts talking about Syria. This guy actually recoiled backwards as Trump started talking about Syria as if to go, wait a second here. What is this all about? He's like, am I in the right meeting? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm in the wrong chair. (laughs) I mean, there's a a zombie lie going around. It's perpetuated by Donald Trump and his minion, and certainly on Fox News Channel, that Donald Trump is, uh, that the United States is now respected in the world that no one ever oh, laughs at, at the United States anymore and you know what everybody's look laughing. at the Italian Everybody interpreter's is. face yeah from that <laughs> oh right right America is respected in the world that woman looks like she is just like oh god it's like she's just given up hope in humanity altogether yeah. she gets like halfway through translating and her, her eyebrows just shoot up <laughs> oh my god and it's like you know it's like you just like I don't know it's All right. like you were give, you know yeah anyway <laughs> okay were. well we're gonna, we're gonna take one last break and come back with more show after this but uh, we're gonna talk about Bill Barr here in just a second you can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Seska. 
This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. This is uh, John Flywheel, my friends from uh, Reading, Pennsylvania. John Flywheel, a song called Swirl nice. from the uh, the, the uh, album of the same name. So John Flywheel. I want to just I want to just bounce up and down when I hear that. Yeah, it makes me think of mods. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're very like mod. mods and they're rockers. Very, yeah, totally. It's very much early '60s Who. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> yep, and they're a three-piece band, just like Rush. The three-piece cool. group. There you go. Uh, except nice. for ZZ Top, I'm not a big fan of ZZ Top. Sorry. Oh, don't you dare disparage my friends. Are they your <gasps> friends? Are they really your friends? Yes, I have known them since 1979. Oh my Awkward. god. Word. Yeah. Well, no, I mean I. <laughs> I, I like their, I, I like their hits. <laughs> I'm going to email Bob. Billy and Frank right now. <laughs> I was really no. I was in all seriousness. I was really into ZZ Top when I was in ninth grade. In fact, I uh, <laughs> I was obsessed with their car. I really liked their car. That was uh, they were they're yeah. they're the three three of the nicest human beings on the planet. Oh, I'm sure. They always seem that way in interviews. To tell you God's honest truth, I'd watch those guys get interviewed, and I'm like, man, I'm not crazy about this music. Uh, but they really seem like it'd be nice to hang out with. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. really are. I mean, Carrie, when Carrie got sober when she was 15, when she got out of the rehab facility, mm. Frank was sober, and so he and his wife took her in yeah. for the summer. And so, because, you know, the leader of the program knew Frank and got Frank sober. And, yeah. And he's like, well, Carrie wow. likes rock and roll, and so why don't we move her in with Frank and, and Kathy? And so she wow. lived with the Frank for a while until she moved oh back God. here. So I've known Frank since, yeah, 1979. So as and I was Billy saying, and Dusty for that matter. I, as I was saying, I'm a huge fan of ZZ Top, so ZZ I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and any any three-piece, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, you know. <laughs> That's right. Um, the Andrew Sisters. Yeah. You know, I also wanted to mention, too, <laughs> we're, we're hearing from Tiny Trump a second ago, and I forgot to mention, I'm terrible at doing uh, promotions like this, but we're selling Tiny Trump mugs. When I say a very, very, very limited time, I do mean a very, very limited time. I'm going to take them off the market in, I don't know, a week and a half or something like that. And it's okay. just a very I thought limited... you were looking at your watch. Like, I'm going to take them off the market in... <laughs> Two, three hours. Five minutes. <laughs> uh, run. Yeah, yeah. So run, I, peasants, run. <laughs> so you've got a chance now to buy them. They're not. I'm not going to stick them back up there for sale uh, after the fact because you didn't hear about it. And I'm talking about the people who are slow on the uptake when it comes to hearing about these things. I'm sorry if I eliminate them before you have a chance to buy them. So that's why you're supposed to buy them now as soon as possible. Um, okay, so Bill Barr... In that uh, memo that he wrote uh, about um, how presidents can't be indicted, uh, Bill Barr said that the president, quote, is answerable for any abuses of discretion and is ultimately subject to the judgment of Congress through the impeachment process means that the president 
is not the judge in his own cause, he wrote. He added, the remedy of impeachment demonstrates that the president remains accountable under laws for his misdeeds in office. So in other words, uh, he writes here that, yeah, the president can be impeached for abuse of power as he is right now. So this whole theory by the Republicans that there's no underlying crime, that this is not something, these uh, charges in the articles do not rise to the level of impeachment and removal. Well, sorry, Bill Barr disagrees with all of that, and it's in writing. Okay, Bob, well, promise mm-hmm. me that you won't like choke to death when they go back on their own words if they didn't exist. <laughs> uh, well, like, yeah. It never stopped them before. I mean, anything that happened more than 15 minutes ago is invisible to Fox News. Yeah. I got to um, tell you guys something that was tweeted out a little bit ago when Jerry Nadler was speaking in the past hour and a half or so. Yeah. He literally played to Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham's arguments about impeachment <laughs> in 1998. That's excellent. Nice. Yeah, so, yeah. So that's in front of Lindsey Graham early on in the, the day. We don't so I think it was a brilliant weaknesses. We exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, was, it was kind of brilliant because he's awake. He's, it's the beginning, of, so he can't run out of the room and say, you know, I'm bored. Uh, so I thought it was a brilliant kind of tack to do at him at the moment. Yeah, certainly. Nice. And I, I wish uh, they had also played this clip from Lindsey Graham. Trump is a fucking idiot. They should have played yeah, him saying true. that. That would have been appropriate. huh? <laughs> I was um, on the treadmill this morning, and I looked up and saw, I put on my glasses like in the last, I, in order to be able to concentrate on the treadmill, I take my glasses off because there's TVs everywhere, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and I'm so easily distracted. I'm like a goldfish. <laughs> oh, I know. What you, you know, mean. I'll just like zero. So I take my glasses off, and it's all just flickering blur. And um, I like coming into the last cool down bit. I put them on. And I look up, and I see a headline: Lisa Murkowski is offended. The Democrats have been so rude to Republicans. Oh, or something. oh I'm just fuck like, off! And I took the glasses right back off. I was just like, you know what? I don't need to be able to read anything right now. I'm just going <laughs> to ignore that and pretend yeah. I didn't see it. Just, but like, I mean, but this is the this is the problem. Of course, is that we're dealing with a bunch of senior fucking citizens mm. who think that like actually swearing or you know or being honest or straying from politesse and protocol is so much worse than breaking the law and putting babies in cages, you know, or raping women when you're a young drunkard at a party, like Kavanaugh. Like, I mean, it just, yep. Yeah, it's like it's all you know. It's all can be forgiven if you just say please and no sir and yes ma'am and wipe your feet on the non-disclosure agreement. But I yeah, mean, or if you just anyway. quote the uh, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Trump is a fucking idiot. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> um, okay, can we please debunk this lie about Obama and aid to Ukraine? Yeah, uh, what once is and this? For all? This is just such nonsense. They've been doing this for a couple of weeks now, talking about how well how could this possibly be impeachable because Obama did the same thing. Well. No, he fucking didn't. No, he didn't. Of course he didn't. No, no. Obama held up what is referred to as lethal aid in 2014 alone. But he authorized and released more than $600 million in security assistance to Ukraine from 2014 through 2016. And none of that lethal aid for that one year was ever held up to coerce help with cheating in an election. 
So that's Wasn't the truth. Wasn't that the year that the guys that were pro-Russia were in charge there, though? Yes, yes. yes I think it was, he was giving exactly, them, that's he was why. holding back lethal aid to keep them from using it on their own population. Right, yeah. right, 100%. Yes, that's exactly what's- Just let's uh, keep that clear on the top of the pile of facts there. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, um, they're just, they're making up shit now. They just say, well, Obama did it, so, and it wasn't impeachable then, so how could it possibly be impeachable now when Trump does it? Uh, like Another with, thing is is they're saying that, that he withheld aid from Egypt when that was taken over by military dictatorship. He announced right. it. Lindsey Graham supported it. And all of the things Obama did were in public, yeah, not yeah. in private. Well, see, this is another great example of that, oh my God, that breathtaking piece about Steve Bannon and about flooding the zone with shit. Like I've been mm-hmm. concerned about since the very beginning of the Trump campaign, they have chosen to weaponize the fire hose of news. They have weaponized the tennis ball machine. And so what they're doing and what they've figured out is if they flood the zone with shit, if they just spread all kinds of crazy talking points out there and everything is disconnected, for example, they're not going to, you know, when Ted Cruz is talking about Obama and military aid to Ukraine, he's not mentioning that Obama never tried to cheat in the election using that military aid. That's all getting spread around and disconnected from itself and and so but they figured out that as they flood the zone with shit the media the news media can't keep up with the individual things because there are too many things and even with the 24-hour news cycle and 24-hour cable news channels there isn't enough capacity to thoroughly cover each individual thing from the fire hose And so now this has become a legitimate political strategy by the Red Hat movement. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how this gets rolled back. Um, my fear is that the Republican Party is uh, is adopting this in a permanent sense, no matter who ends up controlling the Republican Party. And speaking of that, don't let me forget, when we get into the postmortem show here in just a second, I want to talk about the future of the Republican Party and a, uh, a new project referred to as the Lincoln Project. And, um, but let me just say one thing. This is not a new thing for the Republican Party because I remember the Scooter Libby scandal when yeah. they mm-hmm. planted information at the New York Times and then Dick Cheney <laughs> went on to meet the press and said, even the New York Times is saying that there are weapons of mass. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. It was just like, I mean, this is like an old tactic. This, it, this whole disinformation thing. The thing that the Republicans, I think, find alarming about it is that it's out of their control. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not a new thing for America at all. Well, uh, but it's just go ahead. Well, I was just going to say we're going to talk about this uh, this project here coming uh, coming up on the postmortem show, and uh, the Republican hey, Party you just co- said that. Oh, I did. Okay. Well, I'm saying <laughs> no. I was, uh, no, I was apologizing because you just said we were going to do this, not interrupted you. So go on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, well, you know what? We'll get into it on the Postmortem Show. Make sure to sign up on our Patreon page if you want to hear the Postmortem Show right after this music is done playing. We just keep on talking for another 20 minutes or so. And uh, if you want to hear all of that jabbering, all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash Show or just bobseskashow.com. Oh, there's one other way. If you go to bobseska.com and click the Patreon link, the all caps Patreon link, just under the logo, you can get to our Patreon page. Sign up for $5 a month. $5 a month will get you two postmortem shows every week after our free shows on Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, and that's it. And plus, if you sign up for a little bit more, if you sign up for $10 a month, you get the postmortem shows plus our Friday after party. That's coming up tomorrow with Kimberly Johnson, K. John. 
and uh, broadcasting live from the refrigerator here. And, as, uh, as always. <laughs> <laughs> the secret is our whole apartment is a refrigerator. That's the <laughs> joke. Okay. Uh, so that's coming up next, the post-mortem show. Also, if you want to uh, listen to the T-Rex Report podcast, go to patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. You can listen to Jody Hamilton's podcast, too, at from-the-bunker.com and at sexyliberal.com. Don't forget... When you go to sexyliberal.com, make sure to uh, subscribe to all of our Sexy Liberal shows on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network and give us all a five-star rating and review. Thank you in advance for doing that. Okay, post-mortem show coming up next. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader